It's time for the Rose Chat Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating the world's most beloved flower, the rose. Join award-winning gardeners Chris Van Cleef and Teresa Byington as they chat with rose lovers and experts from around the globe. With each episode, you'll gain valuable knowledge and insights to achieve the rose garden you've always dreamed of. Listen now as we explore the world of roses. Hey friends, on today's episode, Randy Green is here to teach us about using beneficial insects. This is something that I've wanted to know more about, so I'm overly excited today. So I hope I don't get a little crazy, but I just want to know about these bugs. Now, Randy is a pest management specialist who's currently serving as the supervisor of plant health at Heirloom Roses. So hey, Randy, welcome to Rose Chat. Hey, how's it going? It's great to be here. Well, I'm so glad to have you. And first of all, I just want you to tell us a little bit about yourself and the work that you do. Uh, so I grew up here in Oregon. I've lived here my whole life with uh, the exception of a couple short stints where, you know, I moved away to kind of try and figure out who I was and ended up realizing I do not want to be anywhere but here. <laughs> um, you know, so I've lived here my whole life and it's been great. Um, I grew up with plants. Uh, plants were kind of a uh, very important dynamic in my life growing up. My parents always had me taking care of the trees and the roses and all the flowers, mowing the lawn. And so, you know, uh, plants and bugs have just kind of been there with me my whole entire life. And it wasn't until, you know, I got a little bit older that I realized that this is really something that I I want to do with my life, and this is something that I would be interested in in pursuing in a, as a career. And so, uh, for a while, I was selling plants out of my backyard, um, you know, just to people on the streets as kind of a supplementary income. And one day, one of my one of my buddies called me up and he said, "Hey, you know, I've got uh, I've got I'm working over here at a." Um, at this nursery, um, I, you know, they need some help. We'd like someone to come over and help. And I was like, great, I'd love to. And I started doing that and uh, it just kind of took off from there and uh, just really accelerated from that point on. I got the opportunity to work with some really talented and intelligent, educated individuals. And uh, that really helped me slingshot my career to where it is today, which is working at Heirloom Roses, so. Wonderful. I, I, a lot of my roses come from heirloom roses, so I'm very, very much appreciative of the work that they do there. Now, when you say you're supervisor of plant health at heirloom, my first thought is that's a lot of plants. And I'm wondering how many plants is that? Uh, so it's about 750,000 plants that are scoutable. Um, and then that's not even including the stock field. So we have an additional, uh, additional about eight acres of stock field on top of that as well. So lots of plants. Oh my goodness. Well, we certainly have the right person to help us today. So let's talk about these beneficial insects. And a question that often comes up when you talk about them uh, with newbies is how, how are these insects different from regular bugs? So beneficial insects is something that's like gained a lot of popularity um, and beneficial can be in the eye of the beholder. So some insects that are beneficial for one application might not be so beneficial for another. 
but for simplicity's sake, um, for today, we're going to be talking about any bug that acts predaciously to a pest insect that's in your garden. Good bugs tackling the bad bugs. So Absolutely. what are some of the benefits of using um, beneficial insects in this way? Uh, so one thing that I've noticed throughout my years working with plants, working in retail nurseries, uh, especially working with heirloom roses, uh, we have a lot of people who call in and they have questions. And, you know, people really want a very easy and a very simple answer on how to tackle a pest infestation. It's just not something that's super easy to explain to people. It's one of those things, it's, it requires a multifaceted approach all the time. And so, you know, a lot of people, they'll say, oh, spray neem oil on your plants or spray this thing on the internet. Um, and, you know, those things just aren't going to work by themselves. And the beneficial insects, um, they kind of take a lot of that guesswork out of the situation for you. Uh, they're able to target very specific insects. They're able to work in ways that is multifaceted without having all those additional sprays. So it can help us to um, eliminate some of that, maybe not all of that, but some of that, the spraying and that sort of thing. Absolutely. So it will help to eliminate about 85 to 90% of it. So as rose lovers, could you tell us what bugs can help some of these pests that we have, like thrips, and we've got sawfly and things like that? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, there's a lot of different pests that people are dealing with, thrips, aphids. Uh, I've heard about the sawflies pretty recently. Um, those are all uh, insects that people are struggling with. Um, and the beneficial insects are going to help to to combat those pests in your garden by uh, consuming those pest insects. Um, they're going to be on a constant guard looking for these uh, pests, seeking them out and looking for ways to eat them and suck out all of their juices uh, so that you really don't have to be on the constant lookout for them. Mm, and they're going to know they're there before we do, I'm thinking. They do. Yeah. So they're working on a microscopic scale, uh, whereas with us, you know, if we want to work on that microscopic scale, we've got to get out of hand lens. We've got to be constantly walking the garden, looking for signs of uh, pest uh, presence like honeydew or uh, issues on the on the tissues of the plants and these guys are out there walking and doing that every day it's like their job it's like their livelihood and so uh, they have all the time throughout the day to go out and do the scouting for you and uh -huh. seek those out so so um, could we talk about like if you're trying if, if you know that your battle is thrips what insect would you be recommending for that? Uh, so we have essentially a catered experience with the Guardians of the, of the Garden uh, insect subscription. And the nice thing about that is we've picked out, um, we've picked out a set of insects that are good at combating very specific bugs. So we have Kikumeras in that, as well as the Californicus, which are both very good insects for attacking thrips. Um, and we also have the green lacewing larvae, and they're they're more designed towards attacking aphids, but they'll also attack thrips as well. Right now, in my potting shed, which is also my little greenhouse, I have spider mites, and I'm thinking, I wish somebody mm -hmm. knew they were there before I did. <laughs> I wish there was somebody there that knew about that. So, is there something that helps with mites? 
Yes, absolutely. So the the cucumeras and the californicus are also going to be very helpful with that, as well as the green lacewing larva. Um, the really nice thing about this beneficial insect subscription is that we've thought about what are the most common pests that affect roses. And we tailored this experience to get the most value for your money. So, um, you know, people deal with spider mites, they deal with thrips, they deal with uh, aphids, they deal with uh, aerified mites. These are all, uh, these are all be uh, beneficial insects that are targeted towards a wide array of different insects and can work on more than just one thing specifically. But the Californicus and the, and the cucumeras are gonna be the most effective. You know, you say that, you keep saying that, those are two I've never even heard of. The one I do hear a lot about, you didn't mention, that's ladybugs. Do they work? Ladybugs work. They don't work in the broad way that the Beneficial Insect Program does. Mm -hmm. um, the, the ladybugs, they are collected in the wild, and they're put in freezers, and then they're shipped to your door. And so the unfortunate part about that is, is that by the time they reach your door, um, they've essentially used up most of their fat reserves that they would use for reproduction. The most effective part of a lady of ladybugs or the most effective stage of ladybugs is going to be their larval stage. And that's when they consume the most insects. And it's actually aphids that they're targeted towards. Mm -hmm. And when we are bringing ladybugs that are shipped from other places, um, we are interrupting that reproductive cycle. So by the time they reach their house, their, your house, all they want to do is they want to fly away. And by the time they get that, get through that exciting period of being in the mail and being shipped to you, um, being in the freezer for months and months and months, um, they just want to scurry away and hide, essentially. And so they're really not going to be an effective means of control of spider mites or thrips or anything of that nature there. Um, it's really better to invite them into your garden than it is to purchase them from an outside source. Mm, makes a lot of sense. Are there other myths with the beneficials that we need to be aware of? Uh, I mean, a lot of people say that I've heard people at garden centers saying things like, you know, oh, those bugs will just fly away they're not going to be effective, but, um, you know, if they weren't effective, we wouldn't be using them at heirloom roses. Uh, we use beneficial insects for 90% of our operations. Uh, we use very minor amounts of, uh, chemical insecticides. Um, and when we do, they're very targeted approaches. So we're only using them as spot sprays to just do a little cleanup so that we can create a more hospitable environment or a less, intense infestation for our beneficial insects. And so hearing people say those things like, oh, they're not effective, they just fly away. Well, you really have to think about the bug and like what sphere it's working in. We as humans, we're working in a sphere where we can jump on a plane and we can fly halfway across the world. Whereas, whereas an insect, like some of them are migratory, but the insects that we're sending out are not migratory. So they're only going to work in the sphere of you know, a couple miles um, of your house. And so even if you don't have a crazy infestation for them to um, to do their feast work down. in mm -hmm. yeah, and feast, um, they're still going to operate within that area and you're still going to be um, creating, uh, releasing the bugs into an environment in which they will return to. So are there things that we can, that we can provide as host for them? Are there places they like to live or, you know, like uh, any companion 
planting that can be effective in helping them to be uh, more comfortable at staying? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So there's quite a few different types of, um, of plants that you can put in your garden to encourage them to stay. Uh, one of them is called like banker plants. And so we have like oat wheat, uh, which is really great for the aphidias and co the colomani. Uh, sorry, uh, the oat wheat, which is good for the aphidias, colomani and ervi. Um, that is going to be a pest specific plant. And so the cherry oat aphid, I believe, is one that likes to attack that oat wheat plant. And so what happens is you have a pest specific plant and it's in your garden and the phidias colomani and irvi uh, will go to that area to breed and they'll just continue the population and increasing their population sizes in that area uh, by having that plant on your property. Uh, another one is castor plants. They can be extremely dangerous. The seeds can be very dangerous, but they can be very, very beneficial for the cucumeras um, as well as the californicus. Uh, ornamental peppers are also a very good one for uh, beneficial mites. Um, and then we have things like barrier plants, uh, marigold, basil, catmint, chives, garlic, tansy, rosemary. Those are all going to have a kind of a potent smell to them that's going to dissuade the uh, the bad insects from coming as well. Okay, you talked a little bit about Gardens of the Garden. So let's just get into that. That's a program from Heirloom because that really answers a lot of questions because a lot of people say, I don't know who to trust. I don't know what to order. Um, right. I don't know what to do with them when they come. And so Heirloom has kind of taken care of that. So let's just jump mm -hmm. in to that program and let's talk about it and then we can answer some of these other questions. Sounds good. Uh, so the the Guardians of the Garden uh, Insect Subscription Package, it's a very tailored experience. Um, one of the main frustrations that I've noticed other people having and that I've seen across uh, users of beneficial insects is they go to the website, they don't know what to purchase. Um, you have to purchase quantities that are obscene for the types of gardens that most people have. Uh, an extremely expensive process when you factor in the shipping and all the bugs that you're purchasing. Uh, it's really more than you need and it's way more money than you're probably gonna wanna spend. This, we tailored it to give people the amount of insects that they're really going to need. And it's feasible for them to need. Um, and we've tailored it to combat a wide variety of pests so that uh, you don't have to spend all that time guessing, oh, is this pest gonna work for this application? Is this pest gonna work for this application? We've really narrowed down all those dynamics and made it so that it's it's not a guessing game. You, you're getting what you definitively need and it's definitively going to work in your garden. So is this something that, that we can find more about on the website? Yeah, so uh, in addition to having like a little pamphlet inside with instructions, we'll also be doing instructional videos on release. You know, the other thing too is like, uh, one of the things that I've noticed is people, they seem to think like, oh, like I, I got these bugs, they came in the mail, I need to drive home at like 90 miles an hour and I need to release them right away. Uh, they come in a box with an ice pack. Uh, the ice pack is kind of to extend the dormancy period for the bugs so that they're, they're just waking up when you receive them. Um, the ice will be melted by the time you actually receive the box, uh, but that's not a huge concern. Um, all the bugs will be fine. They'll be alive. They'll be ready to go out in the garden, uh, but you don't need to race home to release them. Uh, releasing them in the evening 
when the temperatures outside are a little bit cooler, but there's still light available to you to be able to see. That is uh, dynamic in our beneficial insect program that's, that's really helpful. Um, so how soon, so spring is coming. So how mm-hmm. soon would we start using these? Is this something like, um, I'm thinking especially of, of um, you know, someone who's never done this before. So um, would you start in the spring? Would you wait till summer or? So when would so, you start this program? I believe our first ship date is March and it's a six month program. You can sign up for three months or you can sign up for six months or you can sign up for one month at a time. Uh, that also takes the guesswork out. So when you push place your order, uh, we don't start sending them out until you're ready to, until it's time for you to start receiving them and start releasing beneficial insects into your garden. So would that be when the roses are actively growing, kind of get them, you know, through the the cold and then they're, when they're actively growing and they begin to put on leaf, is that? Yeah, it's going to, it's going to be right about the time they start coming out of dormancy, uh, very beginning of spring. Well, one bug that we uh, deal with here um, is um, midge. Is that one that's oh, in the yeah. program? Uh, do you have like beneficial midge or is it like? Uh, no, we have we have midge that will steal your blooms. We have midge the terror. <laughs> um, so midges, they it sh- there should be beneficial insects in the uh, in the subscription that will take care of those. Um, the midge will lay a larval stage on the leaf. They almost look like a little orange, kind of translucent little worm. And that's going to be something that the green lacewing is going to be able to cover as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the green lacewing, uh, I think one of my favorite things about it is just that it like it does not care about what's in its way. It will eat anything. It, it, it'll even stab aphids just for the fun of it. Even if they don't want to eat something, they will they'll stab them with their little uh, their little mouth parts and uh, just leave them to bleed out. <laughs> You know, we're talking about this, the lace wing, this pretty little uh-huh. lace wing. Boy, it goes for the gusto, so it's going to get everybody, huh? It does. And it's the larva that's really the effective predator, um, which I'm, have you ever seen a green lace wing larva before? Just in picture, just in picture. Just in picture. Yeah. So like even in real life, like the pictures do it a lot of justice because they are a pretty large insect. Um, they're not quite as big as the ladybug larva, but they are they are comparable and they'll consume like up to 30 aphids a day. Big, they're aggressive and they're fast. Oh my goodness. So um, you're gonna tell us how to, when to order and you're gonna tell us and and what we need, but Mm -hmm. what about ongoing care? So ongoing care, uh, there's really not a lot that you need to do. That's one of the really nice things about it as well. Um, So the ongoing care for them is just gonna be doing your monthly releases. Uh, the cucumeras that, that you get, uh, the cucumeras, I should say, sorry, um, that you get there in a breeder bag. And so what they're doing is they're actively releasing themselves um, throughout that 30-day period. And they they come out of a hole. So all of the all of these sachets that you get have a pre-poked hole in the top, and it's very small. And as they're ready to come out, they just come out of that hole and disperse themselves onto your plant. Mm-hmm. So long as the so long as the sachet is hanging on the plant. How long do um, do we need to wait before we know? Oh yes, this is being effective. Um, efficacy can take around a week to a week and a half. You'll start seeing some signs and symptoms of them uh, being taken care of. 
you definitely don't want to let your infestation get out of control uh, before you're releasing the beneficial insects. Um, but you'll start seeing mummified corpses from the Irby and Colomani. Um, once they've injected their uh, eggs into an aphid, uh, it can take anywhere from like three to five days for you to start seeing mummification. Um, and eventually you will start seeing they're like, the aphids are like kind of a golden brown color when they've been parasitized. Um, and you'll see these small little holes inside of them when the, when the wasps have emerged. Uh, the green lacewing are going to be like a little bit more difficult for you to see the results from, um, like from that standpoint. Um, you'll see a reduced, you'll start seeing reductions in the populations of aphids that are on your plants. There's no like, there's no bronze uh, mummified aphid body for you to look at. Uh, they <laughs> suck out all that sap and all it leaves is kind of like a little dried up husk. So, and a lot of the other beneficial insects in this program are very similar with the exception of the trichogramma, which is also a parasitoid wasp, but it just attacks caterpillar uh, eggs and not the good butterflies that we all love and are pollinating our plants, uh, but most of the like bad moth larvae. Well, I know that when we will notice that it has worked when our light colored roses bloom and they're not tinged in brown <laughs> from, the yeah, from the thrips. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Some of the other colors, you know, you can't tell it as well, but when they, when the light colored or the white roses bloom, it's like, oh, I didn't see a thrip, but boy, they must've been there. Oh, well, I, it's interesting. I learned a, a little trick from Manuel. He also works at Heirloom, and I didn't know about it previously, but breathing into the roses, it will make the thrips come out. I don't know if you knew that or not. Ooh, no. So what you other... do is you, you take your hand and you cup it around the rose and you just uh, breathe into it, just like that, into the, into the rose flower, and the thrips will just come squirming out of there. It's a very Isn't interesting way funny? to identify if you have uh, a thrip infestation or not. So, so gardens of the garden are going to turn us all into Sherlock Holmes. We're going to be out in the garden with our magnifying <laughs> glass. I can see Absolutely. all the rosarians out there with their magnifying glass. Well, a couple of years ago at our Rose Society, we had a gal who was, and I think it must have been the lace wings. One, she had chosen one um, one beneficial that she was using in her garden. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was fascinating. You know, she was keeping record and, you know, she had done a lot of research, which, you know, Erling has taken the, a lot of the research out of this for us, but she had done a lot of research, but she was beginning to see, you know, she didn't think she had ordered enough, uh, but just doing it on her own, she was, you know, just taking it step by step, but mm -hmm. she felt like fairly quickly she was getting some help with even with this just one. And I've been so fascinated, but you know, very hesitant to jump into the to the whole thing, just because there's just so much I don't know. So this well, is just that's, invaluable. That's totally understandable because from my perspective, like spending four or $500 to get into something is a pretty big investment. Um, and that's usually what's required when you're ordering from some of the other sites. This really lowers the bar for entry for everyone. And so it makes it available to everyone who wants to try it. And it gives them enough beneficial insects to be effective. And um, I'm, I'm glad that you said, you know, that she noticed that it was doing something because beneficial insects, as much as I love them, they're not completely effective just by themselves. And so there is some intervention that you will have to do. Um, 
like if you see a really bad aphid infestation, aphids reproduce asexually. And so um, uh, aphid infestation can get out of hand really quickly. And sometimes it's just too much for the beneficial insects to keep up with. Um, so a spray every every so often. Oftentimes I recommend like, um, you know, potassium salts of fatty acids or horticulture oils, applying one of those right like maybe a week before you receive your bugs, that can be beneficial because these are more like, these are a lot more like a insurance policy for your plants. You spend mm -hmm. a bunch of money on these plants, you want to protect them. And this is that insurance policy for them. They're there, they're on guard, but they're not, they're not perfect for completely eliminating an infestation, which is where I think a lot of people go astray. Mm -hmm. That's so good to know. That's so good to know. Now, um, for our listeners, you have said that there's a discount code that we can use. Yeah, so the discount co code is going to be BUGS10, and it's going to be valid through now from 531 to 531 Oh, good. So that gives us all time. You know, we're, you know, we've got all these different zones in our country, and so spring mm -hmm. comes a little later and uh, for some than it does for others. So it's good to know we've got a, a long, a big window here. Yes, yes, absolutely. So is there anything you need to tell us that I didn't think to ask? Um, you know, there was a, there was a portion where, uh, I had wrote out in my little practice script and I've been practicing and you know how things go when you're practicing and it's like, oh, it didn't turn out that exactly the way I was planning it in my head. <laughs> um, but like one of the things that I, I think is really important to talk about is just the reduction in our insecticide use, um, we are using way too many insecticides as, as the entire, like as far as the entire human race is concerned. Um, worldwide, we're just using a completely unreasonable amount of insecticides. And I know that like when we think about people flying in their private jets and celebrities consuming at a significantly larger pace than we are as uh, individuals, um, when you think of it in that regard, it's like, oh, what is me not spraying insecticides going to do, really? But um, it's it's a small drop in the in the ocean, but it helps in a big way to have those small little reductions. Every little bit helps, even if it sounds a little cliche. Um, and I think it's really important that we all start focusing on ways to combat pests in an alternative fashion. Um, another item that I think is really important is all of our chemistry um, that we have available to us. You know, we get new insecticides every so often, um, but the reality is, is that the insecticides that we're getting aren't like truly new. It's usually just an altered version of another type of chemistry. Mm -hmm. And it's very hard to produce these types of chemistries. Um, and so the more effective that we can make um, our chemistry work for us, uh, the better off we're going to be as, as a society. I know that in regards to like heirloom roses and conventional, um, uh, conventional uh, ornamental nursery, uh, we use significantly less, in, in, less insecticides. And because of that, when we do need to use them, when we have like a really bad outbreak, uh, they're a hundred times more effective because of our low use that we're using. So Oh, it's something we're all, you know, we all are uh, more aware of and want to be careful with. And um, such a good reminder 
of um, to be careful what we're using. And, and I loved that you mentioned the repackaging because that's probably very, very true. And we don't think of that. We, we mm -hmm. see a new label and we think it's a new product and it's going to be better. But a lot of times it's just, you know, it's just a new label. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. Uh, nine times out of 10, it probably is just a new label or another company has purchased the product and then put their name on it uh, is another one that I see pretty frequently. So now I think earlier you mentioned a couple of products sort of uh, uh, maybe in conjunction with neem oil. So mm -hmm. uh, could you mention those again and talk a little bit about them? Yeah. So potassium salts of fatty acids uh, is one that I really like. Uh, it's really unusual for me to be using it on a large scale nursery like nursery like we are. But because of the way we use beneficials, we are able to use some of that uh, more gentle chemistry. Um, it is going to have a negative impact on natural insect ecology, uh, which is going to be like the naturally occurring beneficial insects in your environment or the state that you're living in, in nature. And, uh, but the, the potassium salts of fatty acids is relatively gentle chemistry, especially for people and pets. Um, I definitely won't let your pets take a bath in it or anything like that, but, um, it's going to be one of those that's more safe to use around your family and pets than others. Uh, it works on soft-bodied insects like aphids. Uh, it'll work on spider mites. I found it to be extremely effective. Um, another one that works really well is the horticulture oils, but you need to use them in conjunction with each other. So a lot of the times I'll use like potassium salts of fatty acids to wipe out the, the adult spider mites, the adult and juvenile spider mites, as well as aphids. And then I'll come through with the horticulture oil to uh, suffocate the eggs. Mm, a two-prong approach. And this is something that, you know, we have to be careful with, I think, when the temperatures rise. But um, Absolutely, yes. But, you know, it, I tell people, you know, read labels, read labels, read labels. You mm -hmm. know, just because you heard on the Internet that it was good, it is Perhaps it is, but not in every not in every situation. So the other thing that you mentioned that I'm really excited about is you said there's going to be a series of videos about this mm -hmm. that accompanies the uh, gardens of the garden guardians of the garden. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So we are we have discussed and we are going to take time to set aside um, time for us to essentially demonstrate how what you're going to be receiving, uh, what's in the box, um, and how to release them in your garden. Um, so that, that way people have a better understanding of how to space out their beneficial insects, uh, what, are what are best practices for applying them to the plant, um, where to apply them, um, and all, all just those questions that you have that you're thinking about, like, oh, what am I going to do with this? They're all going to be answered in these videos. And you know, we have a really good uh, customer support team uh, here at Heirloom Roses. So, you know, I really encourage people, if you're purchasing roses from Heirloom Roses, um, feel free to reach out to our customer care team. We speak directly, uh, very frequently about problems. So if there's anything that's out of their wheelhouse or anything like that, we have direct conversations. So you're getting up-to-date information directly from me or any of us on the plant health team uh, to care for your roses. So if there's any of those burning questions that maybe aren't answered in the video, uh, we're always here to help and always here to answer those questions. That's wonderful. That's such good news and such good care of your customers. Uh, the video, I go back to, I don't know, maybe eight or 10 years ago when um, I saw 
Ben put out the uh, video about um, how to prune a climbing rose. Mm-hmm. It it still is something that I recommend to people because you they just can't fathom. You can tell them how severely you can do this, what to do, what not to do. But until mm-hmm. you see Ben do it, <laughs> that video, they just, it's a whole other thing when you see the video. And so these videos are going to be so, so helpful. I'm so glad you made that decision to uh, have that accompany this because it is, you know, breaking new ground for so many people. You know, I've been gardening for, you know, in my garden for 35 years and I've grown Mm -hmm. hundreds and hundreds of roses, but this is just something that I just have never jumped into just a little bit, you know, uneasy about, you know, what to do about that. So this has been absolutely great, Randy. I have learned so much today So thank you so much for taking the time to share all this great information with us and big kudos to Heirloom for offering these great resources and making this process that is difficult for us so much easier. And again, that is uh, the process is garden guardians of the garden, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, they are available right now on indigo.com, indigogo.com. Uh, so you can purchase at a discounted price through Indiegogo.com. But if you're not ready to purchase or make that decision right now, we're we're also doing that Bugs 10, which is valid through now from from now to 531.24. Um, so you can either choose to order them on Indiegogo.com or you can also order them directly through the Heirloom Roses website. It's, and it's going to be under care supplies. So. So under care and supplies, you'll find that information on the website. Yeah. And so there's on the second page, I believe it is, you go to the second page and down at the bottom, there's a beneficial insect subscription uh, little icon, I guess. Uh, And it will, it'll, it'll, it just has a prompt to say, notify me when available. So uh, when we start taking orders through the heirloom website, um, they'll send an email right directly to you to where you can order. So. Absolutely. That is great. But of course, we're going to get distracted by all the beautiful pictures of roses. <laughs> oh, my yeah. goodness. These That's probably like... one of the hardest parts about navigating the website is figuring out which rose that you really want. And like, <laughs> it's like, oh, there's so many. And I, I know at my at my own house, uh, I've got a lot of roses. And ever since I started working in heirloom, I like walk through the garden and I'm scouting and I'm like, oh, I like I really like that one. Oh, I really like that one. And you know, the, the number of roses that I have at my home has just grown exponentially. Um, you know, my, my wife, she really, she really loves looking out the windows and she'd always comment like, Oh, I love looking out the windows and seeing the roses when I, when I'm looking out the window. And so I've kind of made it a mission to make sure that no matter what window she looks out in the house, there's, she can see some roses. So, Oh my goodness. What is a beautiful story for February. Absolutely. A great Valentine. Well, I can't let you go without asking you if you had Mm -hmm. to pick based on last year and it's hard to pick, but what were some of your favorite roses? Uh, Well, I purchased some of my favorite roses last year. Um, one of them was precious platinum. Uh, that one is gorgeous. Uh, when I was walking through the garden, it just popped out like no other, uh, rose that I, uh, saw out there. And I had been really looking for a nice set of red roses to redo the front portion of my house, Mm -hmm. um, and make sure that it was, I, I really 
started gravitating towards like wanting like solid colors because I had had so many different rose bushes. And so it was like kind of like a little rainbow out there. And I'm like, uh, you know, this was nice at the beginning, but I kind of want something more, uh, more consistent, I guess, uh, more uniform. And so I picked the Precious Platinum and that was one that I really liked. Um, Lightest Rose is another one that I really like. Uh, mm. I put that on the back porch actually. And I put two lady banks on each corner. So the idea behind that is that the lady banks crawls up our back porch and takes over some uh, some lath or um, trellis or whatever you want to call it uh, on the back on the back of our porch. And I want the lady banks to take over and I want the lighter rose to kind of come up. And Ooh, what a good choice. It's a nice little scene. So <laughs> lady banks will do her job beautifully. I'm sure. <laughs> Absolutely. She already started it. And I mean, I just planted it last um Gosh, when did I plant it? I planted it late in the summer last year. And I mean, it's already taken over a a, a pretty significant portion of the corner of the porch <laughs> for just a couple months. So, Isn't that the largest rose in the U.S., the one in to, uh, Tombstone, Arizona? I think I think the, mm -hmm. the Lady Banks uh, Banksia there is like the largest rose, at least in the U.S., it not would not surprise me at all. We have this, there's this one rose bush that we have at work. Um, it has, I, I don't know what the cultivar is, uh, but I noticed it last year. Um, I was looking out in into the distance and I saw this tree and there's this rose bush climbing up all around this tree. And it was all the way to the top of this really large tree. I mean, this tree is a full grown, uh, you know, pine tree. And there's this rose bush wrapped up all the way around it. And there's these pretty little white flowers that bloom once a year on it. So, mm. well, you'll have to ask someone and let us know what that one is. We may have to. I, we may have a tree we need to cover. <laughs> I, I think. Uh, I think that there's still a, a tag or a stake at the bottom of it. So I'll just have to look at it and send it to you in an email. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's scampered up. We, I've got a few roses that are doing that, and it's just beautiful when they do. When they get healthy enough and big enough, and they can make a difference in the tree. Oh, it's just so pretty, so pretty in the landscape. It is. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Yes, this of course. This has just been fabulous, just fabulous, it's, and so much good information. So thank you. Yeah, it's been great being here. Um, is there any other information that we need to cover? I feel I feel like this went a lot faster than I had initially expected. <laughs> well, I think we did. I, I think I've got all my questions answered. And um, so wonderful. Good great. news. Good um, news. One thing that uh, we had we had talked about uh, that we actually didn't cover uh, with the companion plants is we do have some um, aesthetic companion plants uh, that we're offering at Heirloom Roses now. So um, our I'm, I haven't had a whole lot of involvement in this, so I can't speak to the to the types of plants that they are. Um, but they they pick. The, the gals there, they picked out a really nice collection of uh, companion plants for like potted plants to just add uh, another layer of uh, aesthetic pleasure to your garden. So. Oh, that's wonderful. I had heard that that might be coming. So I didn't know that we had that now. So that's wonderful. I don't know if I was supposed to tell you that. I, oh. I feel like I was. <laughs> I, I feel like I was because it's something that we talked about or okay. that Robin and I spoke about. So I just wanted to make sure that, you know, we if we needed it, it's in here. So 
I'm good. Or maybe that's a whole other podcast in and of itself. <laughs> well, I'm sure uh, Rob and I are going to be talking later this year. So, so she'll probably have even more information. But it's nice to know that some, if it's not already here, it's coming. So yes, wonderful absolutely. news. <laughs> well, thanks so much for taking the time. And, and uh, we just appreciate you so much. I appreciate you as well. And I really appreciate being on the show. So thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's been great. Friends, thanks for tuning in today. I hope you found answers to your questions about beneficial insects. I feel like I've been to school and I love that feeling. I feel so much more comfortable just about the conversation and what's next. So, and don't forget about the heirloom discount for buying beneficial insects, Bugs 10, and that's valid through May 31st. And friends, until next time, happy gardening. You've been listening to the Rose Chat Podcast with Chris Van Cleve and Teresa Byington, expert rose gardeners who want to help you achieve the rose garden of your dreams. Don't miss an episode. Listen anytime on our website at rosechatpodcast.com or listen on the go via the Rose Chat app on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Share this podcast with your social networks and join us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by using the hashtag RoseChat. Join us next time for another edition of the Rose Chat Podcast. The Rose Chat Podcast is a production of the Rose Chat Media Group, Birmingham, Alabama.